Hello everyone, welcome to a special episode of What Do You Call It podcast. I'm your host GB, uh, the sunshine as you can see, normally it's a bit dark because I've been recording lately in the evening, um, but this has been recording during the day, I am not working, wink wink. Anyway, uh, today's guest is a British wrestler, troublesome heart, Joel Jackson, how you today mate, you all good? Yeah I'm good man, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh little bit annoyed because yesterday the football uh another yeah. loss throwing away top four uh i think you know already mm. arsenal fan so yeah that's mm. uh, Arsenal. Damn, uh oh, it's been rough and we had a really good few we had a good week's run mm. there as well like we had the man U game chelsea, chelsea game. yep yeah and then yeah i found myself more annoyed with yesterday's result than i did against newcastle if i'll be brutally honest mm. Yeah, the Newcastle game was was tricky. And to be honest, there was a game. Oh, who did we play a couple of weeks back as well? Was it the Palace um, one? Palace. That, that was, was it. I wasn't even mad at him because Palace played very well. Yeah, um, they did. To be fair, Vieira's manager there, right? Yeah, he's doing a very good job, man. He's he's so he's done so well with them. So I can't even be mad at it. But yeah, I was gutted just because it was looking so good. It was mm-hmm. looking so good. We were on such a hot run, but... And we lost three games in a row, one three, then lost last two, and then last game against Everton, who are fighting for survival. I mean, I think, I think they've just got to get a draw, and then they'll stay up, I think, for them. Obviously, in Tottenham, I've only got to get a draw against Norwich, who have already mm-hmm. been relegated, who have been, in my opinion, yeah. poor, just not good enough. They want us teams that are just comfortable to be in the league, they're happy to be there, but yeah. relegation or not, that's it. They don't really care, but... Yeah, they don't, they don't get anything. I mean... It would be amazing to see to see him pull up something special, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Nah, me neither, man. I think just so I will wrap the football talk eventually, though. Um, but just one last thing: I think even if we do get Champions League football, are we good mm. enough? Do we have the squad depth, like the, the crop of players we have at the moment? Just maybe setting ourselves to fail, really. This is kind of what I'm always saying: is like for me, mm. we have we have a good couple of players. Like me, yeah. I'm a big fan of Saka. Like Saka's like my guy. Like I love Saka, but. I still don't know if I would say like he's he's like that one player in in the team who can change a game the same way like man you have Ronaldo yeah um, which is funny because Ronaldo's in his age now but he's still the one who turns games around for them do you know what I mean same Big way time. Tottenham has Tottenham has son he can change the game mm-hmm. um, Chelsea have quite a few different players who can change a game um, and Liverpool ha- again they they have one of them half of their squad can change a game so. <sighs> I think we lack the, like those one or two real star players who can just go in and completely change up a game. So I do think we do need more depth. But we have done a lot better than I thought we was going to do this season. So I'm not mad at it because mm. at the start of this season, I wanted to just 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 quit. Do you know what I mean? Like the start was so bad and we did pull it back. So, um, yeah. I'm still, I'm still behind Artel, if I'll be honest. Like I know I've seen yeah. it already on Twitter the past week or so. Mm. I'll tear her out. And I have faith in him considering what he's got given with the squad mm. and all the shit he had about Bad yeah. Yang and he has got rid of the bad players that were toxic Mustafi Ozil yeah. you know a few other players and he has improved some players as well like Saka I think like you said I know you're a big fan of him he should just stay in and I like yeah. him as well Smith Rowe yeah. although he has dipped in quality a little bit but I think injuries hasn't mm. really helped and you know squad rotation he's not started every game but for, for me he's got that same he's got the ethos he has, I do like. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, I don't know if right now where Arsenal is, if it's something that we have enough time to let that grow because he's got that same kind of ethos that Wenger had of like, bring in a young squad, you know, like bring these young players up mm-hmm. and in five years we'll be off to the races. And like, that's probably right. And I like what he's trying to do there and the way he plays football. Uh, it's just that right now... But we need those experienced players now. But I mean, no, yeah. no offence to Xhaka uh, and El Nene. I know yeah. El Nene got given a contract, but we need game changers. We need goal scorers. Yeah. And we just don't necessarily have that moment. When we lose, especially this season, we just literally get, literally gets to us. We can't bounce back from it. It's no fight. There's just no determination to, you know, get a, a goal in or whatever. It's, it's just it's, been a bit frustrating. But overall, I'm kind of happy. It's been tough. It's been tough, but it's going to get tougher because um, World Cup's around the corner, isn't it? So it's going to be. Oh, yeah, we're in December, man. We've got to watch the World Cup well, in the, December. The, oh, the, November, the, November the, December. Like, literally, yeah. like Christmas time. Oh, yeah. And yeah, football's on, by the way. It's, it's going to be wild. I think we might do very well, though, to be honest. I like Southgate, by the way. I like yeah, it. 
I'm a big. I, I don't really get what the fuss that people have. I know we're going on about football, but we're here now. Um, like f- for me, I don't really get what the big fuss about Southgate like isn't very good because yeah. all he's ever done is get results. Mm-hmm. Like it, it might not be pretty. It might be a one nil. It might be a draw. But like we really only took like a penalty loss in that last cup, and like even before that, uh, I want to say. Oh, what, uh, in the semi-finals. Um, well, in the final, against, in what the semi-finals? Final. The Euros? No, not Euros. Yeah, the World Cup against yeah, Croatia. There, there, there was, there was the, there was the. Is it the World Cup semi-final against Croatia? Mm-hmm. And then it was the Euros final with Italy. So that's re- like that's not that's not mm. bad. Like, but you tell me, what did Capella do? What did you know, Fengar yeah. Eriksson do? What Brian? Uh, what's his name? Roy Hodgson. That that was depressing. His football. I like Roy a little bit. I got a soft spot for him. But as an England manager, that was torture. Honestly, yeah, those true. games like that Iceland game, it's one of the worst games I've ever seen. And you think about the squad back then as well, was really of a high quality. Like that mm. squad should have, that squad should have won something. That Sven, that, no that, excuse for Sven, honestly. The golden generation is called the you know, the players we had. Yeah, it, it really was. So for me, what Southgate's doing, I'm, I'm happy for it. Like he's mm-hmm. brought in a really young squad, they play very well together. We was very unlucky not to win. Like that, 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 that penalty final, everyone went crazy about. I don't understand it personally because it's penalties. Mm-hmm. It's the most 50 50 pure chance thing. A lot of penalties is just luck anyway. We just got very unlucky. Like that's, yeah. all, that's all it was. It can and swing then, either way, 100%. Yeah, a lot of that game we had, um, we played very well the whole tournament. So I was very happy with it, really. I would have loved to win, but we got yeah. to the final. If you told me that at the start, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that. So, I, had a, I had a sore head in the morning. He's done very well. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have work. Wait, did I? Oh, I can't remember now, man. It was a long month. It did break my heart. I was literally watching. Oh, oh. man. That's, that's one thing I like about Saka this season, obviously. Missed a penalty. <laughs> suffered racial abuse from absolute twats and lying. Cowards, yeah. I like to call them. I had this conversation with Les Rivera. And, like, he, he really opened up mm. about it. And we both actually got really angry about it on on here like whilst we're recording yeah. but Saka's bounced back and become one of the best players of the season in my opinion and I'm not maybe I'm biased okay but he did get nominated do you know what though in all fairness I don't even know if he bounced back because I mean for me um, if you look at that World Cup mm-hmm. sorry the, sorry the Euros if you look at the Euros for me it was Sterling and Saka who really drove that squad I mean mm. Harry Kane scored a couple of goals he wasn't there for a lot of the, the no lot of the he wasn't he no. turned up in the last couple of games and he had incredible people putting him through. He had incre- <coughs> incredible like, do you know what I mean? For me, Sack, without Saka or Sterling, we wouldn't have got that far. They drove us. They they were driving the driving the ball, passing it around, knocking it about, getting goals. And then Saka's just gone and done that this season as well. Um, it was gutting for me watching every, the backlash and it just kind of shows like a lot a lot of our audience in Britain probably don't even deserve that high level of player. Yeah. And, but they'll be the same people <clears throat> that cheer them, you know, when it comes to club football. Just, yeah, just just stupid stuff. And, and, and it was gutted. But also at the same time, if you go about it with like a logical human brain, yeah, you can just see this is a very young squad. They've probably mm-hmm. not even done penalties on a final stage in their life. And Italy, I think the average age of the Italy player was like 31. They're all seasoned veterans. They've been yeah. doing it. 10 years, they've gone to finals, they've gone to Champions League finals. Do you know what I mean? So, of course, when it came to penalties, they were probably going to do better because they're more seasoned in that way. Mm. That's all it is. I mean, did he get it wrong with very... the selection? Yeah, but he's going to learn from it. He's got the young players. Yeah. He is developing them as well. Like, he's giving them more chances. And, like, yeah. <clears throat> Rashford's still young. All right, all right, I've had issues with a little bit of Rashford as a player, but that's just my opinion. And I've literally caught backlash from it online. I, I do like him, but I just don't I like... think he's developed and progressed as, as far as he should have over the last few years. Um, yeah. but I mean, like, like, yeah, take him out this, this conversation. But Sancho, he's still young, Saka, he's still young, yeah. I, I think as well for me, I, I, I get the, uh, what you're saying about Rashford. I would like to see Rashford, uh, I'd like to see a bit more from him, but yeah, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for him. I don't know if it's because he did the whole dinners thing, <laughs> so I don't, but oh, I, as a human being, he's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. can't say anything bad about him, not yeah. one negative thing. As a player, I will criticize him a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's why I get slaughtered online. I don't say anything bad. I'm just like, oh, just don't really rate him highly. Oh my god, my Twitter. You know nothing about football. Like, yeah, you're a terrible human. I hope he doesn't feed you. 
um yeah. people can be so cruel man but yeah no no that's that's cool but i'm glad that you know we've sort of had the football conversation um it's not it's not unusual any, any chance to talk about football in this podcast i will jump at it and then i'll sort of but it's, it's an icebreaker as well but um we'll talk about wrestling as well that's how i know you from when yeah. did you actually discover wrestling uh what when i started uh training as, as a fan as a fan what was your first memory of pro wrestling Man, as a fan, um, I want to say it was, it, I must have been so young. I, I must have been only like one or not even one yet. I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was repeats. I remember watching um, Shawn Michaels, the I Lost My Smile promo. And I, that, I, I imagine that must have been a repeat because I was born in 97. Yeah. And I think that same year. So it must have been a repeat the yeah. next year or something. But I remember seeing that. I remember seeing a few things of DX. Um, but I think Shawn Michaels was the first thing I really... I remember getting up in front of the TV and going like... You know what I mean? Uh, doing all, doing, doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty much... Um, plus, in my household, I grew up with two older brothers. So, they all were real big fans of wrestling. So, I was, I was very hooked on it straight away. Uh, RVD, Jeff Hardy. Um, they were always like my guys. Um, mm. Eddie as well um and then as soon as I watched it like the spectacle the story the athletics I was just hurt. It, it was a done deal like, were you like a I jobber was, for your brothers by the way like were you there like crash pad they do all the moves come on be time. honest ah same here <laughs> like these guys probably owe me some money because I made these guys look good man I was I was, <laughs> I was feeding I was selling real well um yeah, now nah, always, always, and I always got told off. Like it's actually funny now. One of my best friends, um, who I grew up with, his family joked to me all the time about it now because whenever I would go around his house, mm -hmm. we would wrestle, and I'd be jumping from the sofa, I'd be hitting the swanton bomb. I think we broke a couple of their sofas, and and they were always getting so upset because they knew we loved wrestling. You're the reason why don't try us at home came out then. Yeah, one million percent. <laughs> I could sit there every day and say, don't try this at home. And all my brain heard was, go for a super kick now. Like, don't, I, I don't know why. It's just, that's just the way, just the way I, well, I would have watched it. But um, yeah, it's funny now because obviously now where I wrestle and I get in the ring and I have my matches, they laugh because it's like, oh, you literally used to do this on our sofa in our living room. And now you're at least you're doing it in the ring with six foot four men or whatever it is. Uh, it's funny. Like, there's been a progression there. Yeah, <laughs> so. sort of comes full circle there. That, that's that's pretty cool, man. Was there where, was there a moment sort of watching wrestling that you was like, I want to do this? Was there a match or a moment? I know you talk about Shawn Michaels. Just, you know that I, I'm a Brett fan, so that fake teardrop and you know mm. where he lost his smile. Um, but was like, what age did you know that you want to do this as a career? Do you know? Do you know what? Like. I think what really solidified it was actually a lot later on. Mm -hmm. um, Eddie, Eddie and Ray had a big influence on me because obviously, like, I could watch Sean. Um, I could watch, like, Benoit. I could watch some of these really great wrestlers. But they, they I could still tell that these guys were far bigger than me because I'm not yeah. a huge... So it was hard for me to relate. And I could watch it and enjoy the spectacle as a kid, but I couldn't see myself ever really trying it and then when I saw like Eddie who like to me although he was six foot he mm -hmm. felt smaller. and then Ray who's legitimately like a really small guy um that that gave me a fair bit of belief and made me think like, oh like guys my size can maybe do it uh, and then you had the cruiserweights coming in you had um, mm. like, oh, Dragon um Jimmy Wang Jimmy Wang yeah <laughs> Like, just because this guy was, like, small and he was doing crazy stuff. And he was a really good wrestler, actually. Oh, he was Jiri. awesome. Yeah. The Jiri is one of my favourites as well. And then um, I think, actually, it wasn't until years later, until Daniel Bryan came in uh, at, uh, with the first era of NXT. Mm -hmm. Like, that first crop. Yeah. With him in, um, and... Skip Sheffield and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was terrible television, but they were stars. Yeah, like, and then that was actually quite a good crop of wrestlers as mm. well. Um, had like Heath Slater, Wade Barrett, all those guys. And then they had like a ending of their feud at Night of Champions. Um, oh, the minute, that's a well, mate, that's an underrated match, by the way, for the US title. Incredible match. Like, I can, like, I remember most, I've studied that match. I've gone back and watched it loads of times now. But um, really? I, that match out to me of that era because mm. I just never seen a match like that. I just never seen a match where, like, 
I remember there's a spot, there's like a clothesline from the top rope and he takes Miz from who's hanging on the rope, like through with the line. And there's just some wild stuff that I don't think you'd ever seen like an indie style of wrestling done in WWE. And that was the first glimpse of it with Brian. Mm. And him, you could see he's legitimately a lot smaller. He wasn't incredibly huge and like, Jack to the gills, like say Eddie or Chris Benoit was. So I think when I saw him start to like do really, really well, I genuinely was like, oh, like you don't have to be six foot ten, Jack to the gills. Like you can, you can just be good. And then obviously I watched this guy's whole career and how well he did and how, how incredible he was. So yeah, I think when Daniel Bryan coming into WWE is really what started kind of ticking like the, the the wheels started ticking for me and like maybe I could try I don't know mm. so, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm, I'm glad to hear that like, Daniel Bryan was an inspiration to you like I've done mm. I don't know, 90 plus episodes and I've never Eddie Grove I've heard loads of times and Eddie Grove is one of my favourites I bunked school to meet him in 2005 Woolworths you'll remember Woolworths I've been I've said it before and listeners are probably like what the fuck is Woolworths it can be I love it Oh, mate, it was awesome. But um, Daniel Bryan, I mean, like, phenomenal talent. And I'm glad to hear that he was an inspiration, you know, for you to become a professional wrestler. What was the school that you went to? I I, I started off at London School of Lucha Libre. I don't even think they're running anymore. I'm not 100% mm. sure that's right. But I don't I don't think they are. Um, and this was a couple of years back. This was, like, I want to say 2018. And I did, like, a, a brief couple of months. It must have been, like, three to six months period of time um and i really enjoyed it the trainers there amazing the environment there was really good mm -hmm. uh, the people there were really 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 supportive really like enthusiastic because i obviously like going up going to a wrestling school for the first time is a weird experience like you're expecting to do suplexes off the top rope and like swan bikes. swan bomb <laughs> yeah. you're doing rolls for like weeks upon end and then like uh it's very, um, like, wrestling's a very, like, like a super extroverted business. And it's a colourful business. Like, the spectrum of different types of people you get is so large, which kind of makes it beautiful and interesting in a way. Yeah. But it's so, so, it's so much. Like, when I first turned up, I was, I was expecting it to be, like, get down and give me 500 push-ups. Oh, like, the I'm, power plant stuff. Like, it just... Which I'm all for. Like, I'm <laughs> all that. Like, I'm, it'll hurt, but I'll get through it. Like, um and it, it was like there was this really like energetic music and stuff and like everyone's laughing and smiling and like it's super colorful and you're rolling and stuff but like I really enjoyed it um and then I, I stopped for a long while I stopped for like about a year maybe a year and a half because um I had some medical issues where I thought some I'd had some damage done to my neck it turns out I hadn't I had but I had to stop for a long time so I picked mm -hmm. it back up 19 with UBW and then ever since then I've kind of tried to keep it going obviously we've had COVID which which you know derailed everyone so mm. I can't can't complain too much it happened to everyone but I was a bit guided because it's like my first year in wrestling my first year of matches felt like I was really getting somewhere and then COVID just came ripped me away of two really good years and I was like oh man but it's come back now and it's and it's been it's actually I've, I've been loving it I've been I've been really loving it so yeah just give us our set to some of what you said I mean were you actually able to train in the pandemic by the way because I know I know we it was more strict down here but I know some places um were able to still not necessarily run shows straight away but they were able to still I don't know if it was legal or not but that's a different story <laughs> it was it was it was tricky for a long time. I didn't train during the pandemic. Obviously, everywhere was shut. And yeah, then yeah. At one point, I don't. I can't remember the total logistics, but I remember at one point it was said that like you can do sport in a one-on-one -on -one environment, like if it's just two people, like yeah. not a club, because that was the whole issue. It was that mm. like if you're but, but wrestling, it's going to be difficult because you have to maintain that social distancing as well whilst you're doing it. <laughs> So I managed to use a facility and train there where we did one-on-one -on -one stuff for a while, or even just myself, which was quite good. Um, so I did a little bit, but obviously there's not, it's just more general maintenance of your body and your fitness and your in-ring shape than it is kind of actually progressing on your in-ring, you know, mm -hmm. um, and things like that. Um, but yeah, so I did a little bit. And then obviously when we, when it started picking back up, we had shows, I was getting back on shows and, um, yeah, um, and then since then it's kind of been off to the races and things have picked up a lot more um, for me and bookings have come more abundantly um, and shows have been bigger. And I think 
fans seem more, I don't know, maybe it's like, um, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's me just thinking it, but it feels like fans are like so much more there for it now because it's gone, it's been gone for so long. More so, grateful, appreciate what they've got, 100%. Yeah, I feel like the live, the live crowds, there's been a lot of crowds where like, it's a company that hasn't done run run the town before mm. you before they might not have seen your opponent before and they're just there and it's and it's so amazing like for me i genuinely i'm really appreciative of that because it's just sometimes you're in the ring and just to go out there and enjoy it and to feel the people is it mm. is it is a thing so yeah i'm very grateful for, for all those no, it's just like, i know like wrestling like i like the independent scene like was it was more it was more hot in the south but i've noticed since the pandemic it's going up to the north as well yeah, do you know what? I I I noticed that myself because uh, I always thought I agree. I I I always thought it felt more hot in the south, and I think yeah. that's pure. I think that really revolves because progress was always the hot thing of British yeah. wrestling. Had the biggest names, the best matches, like all the exports and imports and everyone in between, and the sign talent, and it was amazing. And then I think so from. Anywhere outside of London, it kind of bled from that, and you got some of those names, and that, mm -hmm. and you had expansion there, and that knock-on effect. But I think, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you hear of some crazy workers coming from the north now, and like some crazy matches. Um, there's the whole faction of Northwest uh, Strong who are like, so every single one of them is like a diamond-level elite worker. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's some really amazing talent up north. I, that, that's kind of one of my next goals is to start trying to get some more work up there. But obviously, you know, it's, it's quite hard to do because logistically I'm like five, six hours away. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, so, not, but, it's not an easy journey. But I mean, like you can do actually find a, a show and location. I mean, it's, yeah. But it's definitely picking, it's definitely picking back up all, all on the base. I mean, I had to stop and think about it the other day. I was, <clears throat> and I, I was genuinely really appreciative. I think it was the... Um, everything pattern too and it was like if you looked at the talent on that show it was wild you had like Jonathan Gresham on there and mm. then like their back match uh, and everyone in it is like a really high level talent as well um, you just had some wild names I think Anthony Agogo came in for that one like you had just abundance of stars mm. was so that the first progress show with crowds because I know they were doing shows during the pandemic but I think that might have been was i feel like it might have been yeah it, it, it me back almost because i because because i remember looking at one of the matches it was like i think it was i'm not i don't know if i remember everyone but it was like man like Doris, malik i think uh roy johnson was in it maybe no I don't uh, think roy better no got a soft spot for him <laughs> <laughs> it was um like just oh dan maloney like it was a, a load of young talent like mm -hmm. uh, in this match and then, like, it hit me that every single one of these people were, like, a minority background. And I was like, wow, that's incredible because you never would have seen that, like, even maybe a couple. Like, so it really kind of took me back. It actually, I didn't even realise because I just saw, like, oh, this is, like, a really great match. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, like, everyone in that match, like, is ethnic, which is really mm. cool. Like, um, so I remember, and then to realise that you had, like, Jonathan Gresham on the same show, like, who's obviously a world-renowned talent. He could yeah. probably anyone on the planet and be at the same level as them in terms of like just pure in-ring technician yeah probably one he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now so yeah it's, it, it this the scene has really sparked up yeah swerve coming over as well to wrestle like oh, yeah I, oh congratulations my birthday then i was tempted to go to that show i never really noticed it so he said that man like from mm. someone that used to go to like, a lot of ref pro shows and you know other yeah. independent shows as well now that you've said it and that like, you know i follow like social media and stuff and that so really, the shout that there is more representation um, yeah. from my culture as well. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, that every show was just just you know. Oh, it's all there. Sorry, there that's right. Uh, I'm just saying I'm not saying like every show like didn't have any person you know with an, you know, was every every show is all white people. I'm not just saying that, but it's just something I've noticed over the years. Like, wow, yeah, this is cool actually. It's, it's taken <laughs> some time for sure. I think. Yeah. Um, I think when I remember when I first broke in, like it was predominantly like a like an industry full of full of like white men and stuff yeah. um like and, and there's nothing wrong with that obviously like i'm sure they all worked for it that's not mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's just that obviously like there's also people who have worked equally as hard who, who aren't and so like 
but it was kind of amazing because there was that whole Twitter thing about we want everything to like be better. We want more representation of, mm -hmm. you know, we want more representation of LGBT. We want this, that and the other. And like a part of me watched that and I did support it. And I was kind of a bit like, we'll see, because, you know, everyone on Twitter always like wants to put things out there and yeah. say. But actually doing something about it is a different, I, it's different. I, it's completely different and rare. Um, but yeah, it really, if you look at progress, like, um, and, and, and it's not like I'm not like favorable more so to them than anyone else. It's just that for me, they are probably one of the leading British mm -hmm. brand thing. You know, they've got ties to WWE um, and they're, they're a huge name. If you, if you look at the shows that they're putting out, the representation is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, so it's, diverse. it's incredible. It's so diverse. It's, it's probably the most diverse of any company that I've seen, which just makes it that much better because you know that they've got ties to WWE and stuff. And the guys who are main event in there, um, it's it's really wild, man. Like, it's, mm. it's, 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 it's quite, it's quite, it's progressive. Uh, not uh, to... Uh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's good to see, though. Genuinely, it's really good to see. And I think it's had a knock-on effect around the country. Like, yeah. cards nowadays seem to be far more, you know... Um, open, not, just not, not exclusive, just open it. It is for everyone. That's what it should be. Yeah. And, and it's funny as well because wrestling is such a diverse like fan base like yeah. if you look at this, it is the most different type of people you'll ever see in your life because you i know people who are like road men and stuff like that and they love wrestling they yeah. just always then i know people who are like probably never left their mum's house in the last 70 years or whatever <laughs> and then you know what I mean, but you get such a big fan base, like, yeah, it's so many different types of people. It's like the land of like, misfits, isn't it? It's just like, it's just oh my god, so many characters in the wrestling, <laughs> not just the industry, but just the entire towns, different, whatever they're into, and everything. Um, and, and you get like, you get like comic fans, you get metal heads, you get all types of different people who like um wrestling. So it's nice to see that the actual cards and the wrestlers themselves kind of sh display that because now you like for every fan you have or like uh, the, the the little five-year-old there's always someone they can idolize and like have a hero and stuff which is what it's really about i think yeah yeah no no i agree with you on that one i just want to go back to um i think cause you talked about the training aspects but i actually want to talk about your debut and it's just become a bit of a theme on the show where a lot of wrestlers will talk about their debuts and i think it's quite interesting it's quite funny as well i just want to talk about your official wrestling debut uh, one did you have any of your friends or family there i didn't tell them <laughs> i don't think i did at all no fair enough <laughs> Uh, and, and how do you think it went? Be honest. How do, how do I think I went? Um, my first match. What are we saying? Like first ever match in a ring? First or like match in a ring. In the ring. Yeah. In a ring, it would have been a rumble. And to be honest, I didn't really have. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think it went well. There was like no crowd work whatsoever. Mm. I probably didn't even really recognize the crowd was there. I think. I was, I was like 15, 16 of a rumble. You come in, get thrown out, jump in, welcome to the business. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your shot, kids. I think. Nice but, one, Tom Bombs. <laughs> yeah. Just aside, actually, everyone was really welcoming and everyone was really warm, but I wasn't mm -hmm. doing And I was in there. I think I threw a drop kick or two, which got like a tiny bit of a pop, but I didn't, I, I didn't really work the crowd in any way. I was in the wrong uniform. I was, I, I was wearing like, leggings instead of tights i didn't have the right boots so I'm like i must have looked terrible um i used to have a blonde streak uh, in my man bun so just everything what happened to that by the way i, I do remember seeing that what happened yeah. <laughs> during covid i just looked in the mirror and i thought this is ridiculous like, <laughs> just for wrestler or not like this is just like you look like a, like you need to look like a man so i just i just got just cut it off and i was like i'm done with the but now, uh, now I miss the man bun, so go figure. But. I really look quite cool, man, if I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, someone's trying to grow their hair at the moment. I won't, I won't show it at the moment because it looks awful. Um, but I, I thought it was cool, like something different. Um, you can use it as, you can use it really good for heel heat as well, just like... Yeah. <laughs> Logistically, it actually come down to a fact of when I was in a match, it would just always come out and it used to... I, I, how people wrestle with long hair in front of their face or like... 
I don't know what these guys are doing. I know some people wet there. It's just for me, it's so annoying. Like if I'm in a match and the hair comes down and my hair bands come out, it would just really distract me. And it just came down to a logistic. Like if I had short hair, I'd never have to worry about this. It I'm so glad you point that out. As like as a fan, like I've wondered that, like like here and there. But to hear it from a wrestler, like actually say, you know what, having long hair actually wound me up. It got in my eyes, and I think because I think it was I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a mark, but it's long hair it allows them to communicate easier. So the, uh, the fans got to see their face. I don't know how true that is. Probably bollocks. There probably is a couple. There's a couple of upsides to it because on a visual sense, mm -hmm. if you get blocked in a match and your hair goes. Like it looks great, like because yeah. obviously uh, you can see, like it's easier to understand that that person's been here. Mm. Um, yeah, I think there probably is a case of if you've got long hair and it's down and stuff, especially like if you're both on the floor, it's probably an easier level of communication. Um, but and, and also, I think like if you if you think to when we all grew up watching wrestling, like say the nineties or the eighties, like yeah. or the seventies or like 2000s, early 2000s, everyone had like these really cool, long, ridiculous man buns and long hair. So it kind of suits the look of a wrestler. It's just for me, logistically, every time I had a match, I'm, like it, my hairband will pop out. It's in the middle of the ring somewhere. Now I've got to go find it. Then the, the guy's calling the next spot to me. I'm too busy trying to get my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go to off the rails. Like, um, and it just got to a point, it was, yeah. it was hard. Maintenance, long hair's maintenance. You've got to yeah, show yeah, it. Is. I've, I've had it before, literally brushing out as well. Brushing it out. Oh, just it's so time consuming. Mm -hmm. Like, I expect for anyone who has long hair because you don't see the hours they're putting in, shampoo, condition, some other stuff to keep it nice. Mm -hmm. However, they're drying it. Like, oh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I can too much to you, man. 100%. 100%. I mean, I've not had it proper long for a long time, but when I did, especially with thick, curly hair. Oh my god! I'd actually like teardrops coming up my eyes each time I brush it. Like, didn't think uh, we talk about it on the podcast, but <laughs> I thought I'd share it for the listeners and share it to you as well. Um, there is one thing I want to talk to you about. Oh, sorry, mate. We same. There's someone out there right now who's related like me too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just me. Uh, there is one thing I want to talk about. Actually, it was the Batman. We uh, spoke to you about it um, earlier in the year. Uh, when it came out, it was, I thought I think we both enjoyed it. Uh, the reason I mentioned it, I mean, it's it's probably one of the, the best films of the year so far, and I think it will continue to make more money as well now it's out on streaming devices. But I want to ask you, how would you rank the Batman films overall? Wow. Do you know what? That is one of the best questions I've ever had. And, Thank you. Uh, that is a good one. And I like Right. What? Are we saying the whole... Are we saying like... No Schumacher? animations. No animations. Like Schumacher, Burton... Uh, Nolan, okay. Snyder's oh. what you can include Snyder if you want, but if you want to leave him off, because I I would include the Justice League. What, Batman, it, it, Batman's in it, so it's technically a Batman film. Yeah, uh, for me, okay, uh, I'm gonna have to go top down because otherwise it'd be okay. Number one is gonna have to be Christian Bale's Dark Knight mm -hmm. uh, Ledger. I just think it's just up, like that. That's changed that's everything. Like, yeah, that's beyond comic, like that turned comic book movies into like really profitable business. And also mm -hmm. like, you can watch that film and she's not even like a huge comic book fan, but just an incredible film with incredible performances. Um, obviously, Killing the Villain is so, is so good. The narrative yeah. is very good. Um, yeah, there's some great performances. Uh, you get to see uh, Two-Face as well. Um, which I He's brilliant, but I feel bad because he just he's not going to get the credit he deserves because of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah. Not to say he was bad, but he was brilliant as well. He was mesmerizing. So well. outshine because Heath Ledger did like one of the best performances of all time. So yeah, like, not just comic book, one of the best performances. Hundred percent is like your Al, um, your Al Pacino's and mm -hmm. So under that, I would say this uh, Robert Patterson just gone. Um, I think the story was like that's actually my favourite Batman story on film because because yeah. it was really well told. Like it was a real detective story. Riddler's one of my favourite villains. Got a Riddler tattoo there. So like Riddler's oh, one of my yeah. I love I love the Riddler. I don't know why. I just I like I like the concept. Um, you got to see Penguin in it, which was oh, amazing. Oh, Colin Farrell, the makeup and the voice. Oh, it was amazing. 
didn't even look like him. It was, it was amazing. The, the woman who played Catwoman, I think, is Zoe Kravitz. She was really good. She was brilliant. Uh, yeah, like it was cool because it felt like to me an actual Batman comic. Like it yeah. felt like, you know, when you read the comics, like, like uh, you get all the Rose Gallery in it, but it's not like they're the main villain. They're just inside the story. The Gotham mm-hmm. felt so real as well. And it's very like dark. And you, I don't know, it just felt the most realistic Batman of, of all of them. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then going further down, this is when it gets muddy. It, it would be the other, it'd be the other two Dark Knights. You could put them in in, in either kind of. Uh, so Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, they're, they're definitely up there. Obviously, Christopher Nolan. Um, it's an unpopular opinion, by the way, but I think Dark Knight Rises is a little bit overrated. I'm sorry, I just think it is. I think it's a bit of a mess as a film. It's not. It's not that good. But. I like Tom Hardy. I did like Bane. He's good, uh, Bane. I liked him. But I thought, like, the, the twist as well. I won't, it actually, if there's someone who hasn't seen it, I won't go too much detail, but it's a twist. I didn't really like that. Uh, Robin execution was a bit shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't. the Robin thing made no sense. The twist at the end was kind of poor. Yeah. Um, stuff in that film, which is just, like, really, it, it went, oh, that worked out perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it's a How bit... convenient, like, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, the Batman Begins is really good, actually. I think that's actually one that's of the brilliant. Most... That's really, really good. Um, and then Snyder's Batman. Ugh. So Batman vs Superman for me does suck a lot, um, to be honest. But not because of Ben Affleck, because I actually think Ben Affleck had a really good Batman, and I think he actually could do an incredible mm. Batman. And on a visual look sense, he looked the most like comic booky Batman mm. ever. It's just that. The uh, I don't know if it's sorry, Snyder. Lex Luthor can fuck right off. Jesse Eisenberg, whatever his name is. Oh my god, That's, that was so that was so bad. I don't know, I don't know who put him as like he's just the most not he's not Lex Luthor. He's so what he was fucking. doing, like the Riddler mixed with like uh like the Social Network, the film mixed with like Heath Ledger's Joker. It was a mess. Uh, it, the only way I would have had him, Jesse Eisenberg, as a villain is maybe like have him play like Mad Hat or something like he's mm. not le- like Brian Cranston someone like that oh it would have been brilliant they were gonna they were uh, they were gonna apparently there were talks to try and get him as well I mean, that, was that uh, when Ben Affleck was gonna do the solo but, um, Batman film because they were gonna like have it that he was the dad because I think they made so Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor was like the son in that yeah like because there's like a throwaway line where he's like Alex Luthor he's not actually like Excellent. Yeah, it's not the Lex Luthor. So I don't know. But yeah, those films were a mess and the story was mm. bad. And then, okay, this is where it gets tricky, I think. Because I actually have a, a weird love for the, for the, not the Schumacher one. The, no. The, oh, Tim Burton ones. The first two. No, 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 oh, actually, yeah, you'd have to put Jack Nicholson in there. Um, and and uh, um, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Okay, we'll put them. Yeah. Uh, this is when it gets tricky because now it's like degrees of bad. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> some of them are bad. Kind of enjoy them. Like to be honest, the Val Kilmer Riddler Two Face sucks. Like it's terrible. It's so bad, but it's quite enjoyable watching. Man. I really like it. I'm sorry, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I, I think because it's one. I, it's one of the first Batman films I watched. Grow, like okay. I'm, 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 I watched the other one, but I'd watch them after. That was probably the first live action film I watched, and I remember. And I loved it. Soundtrack, the game, and like, oh, it's brilliant, man. I mean, I, I watched it as an adult, and I think Two Face is just all I plays. But Jim Carrey's The Middler is really good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, it's so over the top. But actually, Val Kilmer's Batman's not bad. Alfred's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jim Carrey's Riddler is ridiculous. But yeah, when I when I first watched it, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed it. Robin, that's actually the that's still he's the good. Best Robin. That's the best Robin we've seen in mm. Batman so far. Um, I actually really liked him. But yeah, and I would say it goes Val Kilmer, um, then um, the, Mr. the, Mr. the Mr. Most, Clooney. Uh, yeah, Clooney. And at the bottom, I'd put the second one with Keaton and Penguin. I just really don't like that second. <gasps> yeah. I don't like that second Tim Burton one. Ah. Yeah, I'm going to piss some nerds off today. Nah, because, like, like, oh, 
penguin doesn't need to be a literal penguin. Like it's it's so it's so stupid. And even like everyone gets a boner over Michelle Pfeiffer. But okay, once I'm over like thirteen and I'm no longer like getting a boner over Michelle Pfeiffer, it's not a very good performance. And like the film is not great either. You are like, a brave man, Joel. You nah, are a brave I, man. You chose violence today with your comments. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that second. Uh, I'm really not like, and then I'm because you know what the Joel Schumacher films are completely terrible. They are, yeah. but they, but they are enjoyable for how bad they are. Like there's Mister Freeze is terrible. Like like, do you know what I mean? Like Paul 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 yeah. <laughs> it's going to be ice. Like. <laughs> the ice edge. <laughs> so yeah. like, you can have fun with those films. Like. You know, I can still whereas that that first one with the penguin is no fun at all like it's too I, dark I, I, this is the, the first time not just on the podcast online whatever in life I've actually heard someone say that the Joe Schumacher no, the Joe Schumacher films are better than Batman Returns I can't believe you're saying this straight face it's still early days you've not been drinking oh my <laughs> man you are brave the, the, to be fair, the first the first um, Tim Burton films like really high up there, one hundred percent. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Like that's that's. But yeah, the second one, I just for me personally. No, but I love I, that you've actually explained as well why you don't like it. You know, just gone to shit. Yeah, it's just for me. I just it was just I like the Schumacher ones. They're silly. I watched them growing up, and like yeah. you can. Don't take it too seriously. You can kind of enjoy them for what they are, but they are still terrible. I will absolutely say. I, that I don't hate. Hate is a strong word. They are terrible, but they do make me laugh still in 2022. I, did, I may or may have not watched Batman and Robin again. Um, it's it's so bad, but I love it. It's yeah, you can have a good laugh. Like the Bane is ridiculous, Mister Freeze. I thought he looked cool, man. Like I mean, that was a some wrestler coming at Jeep Swanson or something. To be fair, I'm actually really interested to see. A, like a proper adaptation of Bane, like because obviously that one was a bit jokey. Mm -hmm. Tom Hardy was good, but it's not Bane, really. No, um, but I know they're saying they want to get Batista for Bane. Uh, I think good, good casting. So perfect, yeah. I think he would smash that. He's, a, I think he's actually really good as well. So he's a good actor. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy that he's actually. Cracked Hollywood. I know, like Austin couldn't do it, Triple H couldn't do it, and I think there was a bit worried because Batista. I think did that. Oh, that really shit film, Rob Van Dam. I can't it's called. Wrong Side of Town, straight to DVD. It's really bad. Guys yeah. in the Galaxy. That was the rest is history. Yeah, he's good. He he. I actually think, for me, he's probably a better actor than The Rock is, just because I think The Rock is a bigger character. Will always be a bigger box office name. Yeah, but The Rock has like. No he plays himself, man. <laughs> An amazing character. Yeah, but like, yeah. It's The Rock. Whereas Batista, every role I've seen him in, he does play a different character. And he plays it well. Yeah. So more, I think Batista is much more diverse than The Rock. I think The Rock just got that charisma that many few in life will have. Like, it's just unique. But I actually watched Red Notice the other day and I thought it was not very good. And I was just like, oh, it's just another Rock film, isn't it? Yeah, whereas Batista, I've seen him, he's done, uh, obviously he does his big action roles of like Guardians, yeah. um, but he's re, and, and um, was he in this? No, they didn't put him in the Suicide Squad again, did they? But um, no. there's a there's another action film he's in where he's like in a hospital, he plays like a nurse, and he has mm -hmm. to go around and he, Have you seen the film him. with him? It's Piers Brosnan. Uh, it's, a, it's actually based in Olympic Stadium, West Ham's ground. And it's basically, there's a bomb there, and they have to, I haven't seen that, but I, I keep seeing it. On really good. It's really good. I was surprised. I was like, ah, oh, so this is going to be shit. Saw the poster and I was like, hang about. This is actually really good. I really like this. I do really want to see that. The, um, the, the, the ones I really liked of him was Blade Runner 2049. I think Most he was... boring film in the world. Sorry. Sorry. I just don't get Blade Runner. You, a... You've had your piece about Batman Returns. Blade Runner. <laughs> what? What? Are you... yeah. What? Both? Yep, that, I think they might boring. I watched them though, just to take it off. Yeah. Boring. boring, boring, boring. The cure for insomnia, they are. They're not for everyone because they're very slow, like... That, hey, they're not... slow and they're taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> it's more visuals and stuff. I like it because my mum grew up watching those. So yeah, that when yeah, I was... yeah, my brother loves them. 
sentimental, but like, um, yeah, I really like Batista and Blade Runner 249 and mm-hmm. um, in June. I haven't seen that yet. I've heard that's brilliant. June's really good. Um, again, it's quite a slow film, to be honest. Like, there's is it slower than Blade Runner? <laughs> yeah, it genuinely is. It's like three hours. And it's... <laughs> I'm going to hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll like it. Let me know what <laughs> I would, I would like oh, D, I'll, I'll send you a message like, like I did about Batman and I'll let you know how much I hate it. But you might be but surprised. He, he, Batista's good in it, though. Like, he's yeah. really good. Like, he's like one of like the main henchmen and stuff. He looks massive. I will lot, watch that because I'm a bit film buff. And I like it. It's one of those films I just wanted to take off. Um, but I'm glad that Batista even got a spot in James Bond, Spectres, one of the bodyguards. Yeah. Uh, he seems that terrible, though. He was good. I like Batista in it. But the film itself, not very good. Yeah, I don't... Mm, some of those last Bond films, I'm not sure how I feel. Like, certainly, what was the the very last one with Remy? Oh, Mavic? No no Time to Die. I don't know how I felt about that. Oh, like, the opening really good, mm-hmm. but in the middle and the ending, it kind of fell off a bit. But, like, there's some there's some great... Could have been a bit shorter, in my opinion. I thought I'd like yeah. um, the, the, the female uh, 007. She was... She was with- yeah, she's really, really good. There's only one I bit like I hated. Like, well, you know, she kills the um, the Russian scientist and she's like, yeah. little time to die. I was like, you could have, you were doing so well. You could have fucking done about that line. You're <laughs> on the nose. It's forced. It's and forced. Uh, it's just like, I'll oh, come off it. But no, that's, I think the last one was, I thought, like, I liked it personally, but I know some people I hated it. Hated mm. it. And I think Spectre was shit. Skyfall's good. It's good. I liked it. But, I didn't think it was a masterpiece. I still think Casino Royale was the best in them, though. I think it's the best Bond film ever done, in my opinion. What, Bond? Mm-hmm. I thought I'm not going to get you to rank the Bond films because that would just take, that would take way too long. <laughs> long time. I'd be here. But I'll probably agree with you for now because a lot of those Bond films are like, I don't even remember, man, before Casino, right? to be honest. Some of them um, I've had to rewatch because I watched a lot of them as a kid. I just don't yeah. remember them. Like, I couldn't tell you. I, I rewatched uh, Tomorrow Never Dies because a lot of the think they're all on Amazon Prime now. And I was like, I don't remember this. And I know I've seen it. I don't remember VHS. I just didn't remember it. Yeah. I can remember, like, briefly Piers Brosnan skiing down a mountain, crashing in a plane. But that's about it. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's cool, man. Um, no, there's been some interesting chats so far. I mean, I, I win the, the, the chat. I think. Asking about Batman was pretty cool to rank them. So I'll ask you another question because I know you're quite into your superhero films. I heard from other interviews that you did as well. So if you could pick one superhero to be your tag team partner. Oh. So I'm getting, I mix it with the wrestling as well in case there's some listeners out there. Like, Any wrestling talk? Wrestling <laughs> talk now, so shut up. Um, yeah, if you could pick one superhero you could pick to be your tag team partner, who would you pick? And you have to give a reason as well. It's got to make sense. That's a hard question, man. To be my tag team partner. Do you know what? In a... But there's rules. The rules still apply. So you can't choose Superman because he'd end up killing his opponent. Yeah. Evaporate the opponent. Um, Do you know what? It would probably be Juggernaut. Oh, I love it. Because... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because our, our tag team, like, he could throw me. <laughs> he could throw me at the opponents. Like, our tag teams would be wicked. I could jump off his shoulders. He can just pick me up, use me as a, like, a baseball bat and stuff. <laughs> if it was like me and Wolverine, we'd probably just get to step on each other's toes. I don't like, I'd love to tag Wolverine, but I just. You'd be doing yeah. all the work, and I, I find myself, he'd have a cigar in the corner and just making yeah. jokes because he'd be getting fed up. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's just going to come in, take all the glory and stuff. And I yeah. thought about Moon well, but Moon Knight's got too much going on, man. Like, you don't know what this is going to do. Do you know what I mean? He might help you. He might just bugger off. Like, do you know what I mean? He don't even know what he's doing, so. Oh, I was worried, by the way, just uh, just before we do end the show, I was worried we was never going to get a good juggernaut because in, like, X-Men Last Stand, like, I like Vinny Jones. He's all right, but he was not juggernaut. What the fuck was that about? But Deadpool is brilliant. It was, it was really... I was surprised by that as well because I didn't really hear anything about it. Um, but yeah, I, I was really happy with that because it looked exactly what you'd want it to be from like... Yeah. I don't know if you saw the cartoon, like maybe... Yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant, man, it, the cartoon. It was perfect. It was literally... For me, it was really good. 
the, the only thing is, I would like to. I don't know. I, I don't know who the actor was. Um, but I, I can't guess, remember the, the voice. Aren't but he's brilliant. Yeah, you got. You, you, I think that's the only way you can do it as well. Like whole juggernaut, you have to just make it like all CGI. Because if you're trying to get like a realistic version, like, it's not going to happen. Like Vinnie no. Jones is was in a muscle suit. That thing. I know. Just, <laughs> I remember just seeing the looked, first image. I was like, <sighs> yeah, look ridiculous. Like he's supposed to be like, yeah, of a human being. Like, so it was cool. Hopefully he comes back though. I'm a big fan of Juggernaut. Yeah, same, man. I, I do hope we get a third Deadpool, man. Uh, last question, and it's just to basically ask you about the future, what you got lined up next. Um, so is there anything you've got lined up next that you want to talk about or anything you want to plug on what do you call it podcast? Yeah, wicked. Um, so I've got a few bookings coming up soon for next month. I know dates I wish I was better with. I want to say June 19th, um, I've got some booking at Sacrifice where it's going to be a... Fatal four-way final for the Coburn Cup. Um, so, yeah, tune into that, get some tickets. Uh, and then also, uh, I want to say 26th of June for UBW Wrestling as well. Um, yeah, so if you can tune into those um, and try and get them tickets and support. Um, and, yeah, if you want to catch me on my Instagram, it's troublesomeheart underscore. Follow that. And then I think my Twitter is the same as well. Um, and then Facebook is just Jackson Hart. So, yeah. Awesome, bro. I'll put the details in the description below and uh, the listeners can find you on social media. Thank you for coming on, mate. I know you've been quite busy and we sort of like missed each other, but we've got this uh, awesome... I can't believe you Batman Returns to the West Bat. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's going to play my mind all fucking day now. Like, whilst I'm editing, it's like, do I actually keep this film? I'm actually just going to tweet that. Just about someone who actually said Batman Returns to the West Batman film ever made. What the fuck? Um, but that's cool. Everyone's, you've explained the reason why, and I love that. You've given your reason. Uh, I don't agree with it, but that's everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, I'm going to get cancelled. Probably, like. mate. I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't stop them from doing it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It is what. Nah, that's cool, man. Thank you for coming on, mate. Uh, for everyone that's listened to this episode, thank you. There'll be more episodes of What You Call It podcast coming out. This week, actually, I shall have another episode out on Thursday and an episode on Sunday evening. I'm a busy boy. Plus, I've got nothing else to do. I'm lonely. Um, no, I'm joking. But if you can, like, subscribe to this channel. It will mean a lot. So I can have more guests on as well and uh, dedicate more time to this. Know that I know that's worth it, that there are people that are enjoying this content. But for more episodes of Watch Quality Podcast, see in the description below and find out as well. Follow me on Twitter, find me on streaming devices as well. You'll see it there in the description. But for now, everyone, take care. Hello there. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. It's me, it's me, it's that sweet Katie G, your Music City Messiah, Caden Green, and I will be on the What Is It podcast. So check it out on YouTube and all your favorite streaming services. Yeah, I heard. Hello there. I've got a special announcement from my next guest. The CCW World Heavyweight Champion, the greatness himself, Darion Drummond. Ah. Is going to be appearing on What Do You Call It podcast. You heard. Oh. <sighs>